When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But I'm working out. I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Welcome in, everybody, to episode A. Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun, the Air Sports Podcast. It is Friday, December 22nd, 2023. People, I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody is ready for what should be a very fun bonus episode of the Aaron Torres Pod. Here's what you need to know about today's show. So my thought process is pretty simple. It's the holidays. There's a lot going on. And I figured rather than ramble about whatever's going on in the world of sports, let me give you a long form interview, something different to get you through the holiday weekend. It's a long weekend. Want you to have something to enjoy over the holidays. And there is no bigger guest that I could get than the Hall of Famer, Jim Calhoun. That's right. We've had Coach Calhoun on, on the show before. But this is an about an hour-long sit-down with Coach Calhoun talking about all sorts of stuff. And you don't need to be a UConn fan to appreciate this interview. But I thought it would be fun. UConn is again rolling, even though they did struggle with uh, Seton Hall on Wednesday night. But thought I'd have Coach Calhoun on talk about his time at UConn. Uh, Coach Hurley, the people that compare Coach Hurley to him, people that compare Coach Hurley's teams to Jim Calhoun's teams. Then we talk about some recruiting stuff, what was it like to recruit Ray Allen, Kemba Walker. Oh, by the way, Kevin Durant. Yes, he almost chose UConn. And there is a Hall of Famer that I did not know at one point actually did commit to UConn. So it's a very fun interview, long form. You don't need to be a UConn fan to enjoy. We're going to go ahead and toss over in a minute. But before we do, just want to say lastly, this is the last holiday before the Christmas, the first, the last episode, excuse me, before the Christmas holiday. Want to wish everybody a very Merry Christmas. Hope you get to spend quality time with your friends, your family, your loved ones. I know many of you have to work, but even if you're working, make sure to check in on those that you love. Uh, appreciate your support. I know I say it all the time. But, you know, the numbers speak for themselves. Numbers are, are, are through the roof on, on YouTube, on, on the normal podcast. Could not do this without you. And I cannot thank you all enough for what you do for me to allow me to give you content and give you sports stuff every single day. So I hope you all have a Merry Christmas. We will not have a Monday Christmas Day episode Tuesday. We will have our full bowl preview Talking uh, the two college football playoff games, Rose Bowl, Michigan, Alabama, Sugar Bowl, Texas, Washington, plus the Cotton Bowl, Ohio State, Missouri, uh, the Orange Bowl, Florida State, Georgia, the Peach Bowl, the Alamo Bowl, Arizona, and Oklahoma. That will be on Tuesday. That will be after the Christmas holiday. But for today, for right now, sit back, grab a cold one, enjoy the interview with Jim Calhoun, the UConn legend, talking about the current Huskies his Huskies, Dan Hurley, some great recruiting stories. I appreciate all of you, and I will see you after the Christmas holiday. In the meantime, here is Coach Calhoun. All 
All right, joining me via Zoom, man who needs no introduction. You can see, I believe, the UConn facility in the background. I could be mistaken on that, but Hall of Fame coach, UConn, Northeastern. Was that St. Joe's pretty recently near where I grew up? Coach Calhoun, Jim Calhoun, how you doing, Coach? I'm doing just fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, first of all, happy holidays. We're recording here, you know, a week or so before the holidays. I appreciate you making some time. You know, first thing I'd ask you, and and we can go whatever directions you want. I'm just happy to be talking to you. Um, how are you enjoying retirement? Because last time I spoke with you, at least, you know, publicly, you were at St. Joe's about a year ago. I think you retired. You handed it over to Glenn Miller, your former player, then assistant coach. How are you enjoying retirement right now? Well, actually, I'm at St. Joe's right now. and I, That was one oh. of my ADs. I have uh, David Benedict, obviously, at uh, and Redanka, our new president at uh, yeah. uh at, at UConn plus here. Uh, so I'm doing three or four different things, uh, trying to stay busy. I figure if I run fast enough, they won't catch me. Everybody said, what's they? I said, you know, the, the Grim Reaper. I'm, I'm just <laughs> avoiding the Grim, Grim Reaper. So. Well, I mean, are you playing? I mean, obviously you're busy with St. Joe's UConn. Are you playing more golf? Because, I mean, when you retire, you said, I'm moving to Myrtle. I'm picking up the sticks. Have you been able to do that or not really? I, I really haven't. I said it, but but once again, you know, I don't care how good, bad, indifferent you are. And the one thing about golf is, is you can't understand why, uh, as my two sons, either Jim or Jeff, Jeff particularly, as they the ball goes farther and farther as they get stronger and older, and mine goes less and less. And that's no fun. And no one likes having their children beat them, <laughs> especially in the, in the Calhoun household. All right, let's talk a little bit about it. So Huskies, um, you know, the, the current team, I want to talk about your old teams, kind of the state of college sports, et cetera. But are you enjoying watching this iteration of the Huskies? And I, and I ask because, and, and I've said this many times, being a UConn alum, I grew up watching your teams. You know, I was there in the, you know, the Rudy Gay, AJ Price era, et cetera. And UConn as a brand has a certain style of play, toughness, physicality to them. And I watch these Huskies, and whether it's Cam Spencer, Tristan Newton, these feel like guys that could have played for you 15, 20, 25, 30 years ago. How are you enjoying as, as a spectator kind of watching this group and, and Coach Hurley and how he's molding all them? Well, you know, the moment I left and and, and, and handed it over to Kevin Ollie, people kind of forget, um, forget, forget everything else that happened between he and the university. Uh, he won a national championship. And mm -hmm. if you look at some of those players, most of them actually, were kids that played for us for the first two years and they brought that culture with them i don't know if it's the tradition i came in 1986 and god rest his soul cliff robinson was good you know was at, at average six points a game and first thing i said to him i don't know anything else cliff but it's a disgrace not for the coaches but you that you have six points a game in, in a 40 minute basketball game <laughs> and uh, he went on to play 19 years in the league being all star and a terrific person but I, I i just think it doesn't always work out this way mm -hmm. but there's a certain kind of kid that maybe comes to kind of kid you know he's not going to necessarily a kid who wants to be you know in an urban environment necessarily he understands it, and we made them understand that when you come to connecticut it's the closest thing to a a, a big 10 school you're going to be around what do you mean mm -hmm. because when you walk down the streets your whole idea, everybody's going to know your name and everybody's going to know your game and they're going to know what's happening. And, and the incredible passion of the fans. I think what you're seeing now, and once again, I know we all like to 
reinvent history if we possibly can. But 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 this is in some way with Danny and with Kevin for a couple of years. Um, it, it, it's something that I feel great pride when I go back. I, I was up there uh, yesterday, and when I see the uh, Olympic Village, and that's kind of what it is now. If you see the softball field and uh, the baseball field for Jimmy Penders and all of that stuff, I'm saying, boy, from whence we came, you know. And uh, when I first came, we were at the old field house, and uh, we had a leaky roof, and uh, the track team ran around us. And the funny story we always told was the fact that. Uh, you know, occasionally uh, we'd be practicing with a, we had a green canvas on us and the track team would be running the track. And once in a while they hit the starters gum and a lot of our kids would hit the floor. And <laughs> because <laughs> none of us knew what was going on when I first got there. And that's a true story. Uh, but it's evolved greatly from that sense of pride I had. I came to Connecticut, as I said, 1986. This is the longest, my wife, Pat, my, my sons, Jim and Jeff, have lived in any one particular place. They don't personally live here now, but they're here. And I just think that I have a great deal of sense of pride in what they're doing. Obviously, do I like the way they play? Yeah, without question. Um, do I have much to do with that? And if I carry his way more, George Blaney, coached uh, from my former assistant, and best, one of my best friends. I coached uh, Danny in, 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 in college. Uh, Danny's been more than receptive about having me come up and talk and analyze. And you coached Dan Hurley team. in college? No, uh, oh. uh, George Blaney did. Oh, okay, 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 right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. So we kind of have, and George, George, we look different. George is a, a gentleman. I'm not. Uh, George, an easygoing <laughs> guy, in some ways. I'm not. George, great competitor. I am. Mm. And we, we, but we shared the game. I guess is, is what I'm saying to you and how the game could and should be played at times. And to have Danny come and uh, slowly but surely build up uh, what I consider UConn basketball. You know, if you if, if you go way back to a guy that was incredibly kind to me, was Dean Smith. And I was, Roy Williams always told me that I was one of the few, quote, guys that didn't believe that everything had to be sky blue, okay, <laughs> to um, be be helped by him. But he helped me with a lot. And, and and Roy, as you know, when he got there, he, it was it was kind of the same basketball, yep. et cetera, et cetera. And so, and, and, and so the sense of pride, watching Danny work, watch the players they have, and, you know, there's a toughness about them. There's a work ethic about them. And right now, there's a talent about them. And I thought, we've, we've done it. The thing we, you always get too much credit. But one thing we haven't got as much credit for, I know it talks about it, we chose the right kids to transfer. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds funny to people, but just transferring plays isn't the answer. I mean, that's a long discussion we could have some other time. But but I think you, they've got to be kind of what you truly believe. You can't coach kids. For example, at, at UConn, you know, soft is, you know, is the Dairy Queen, not sure. us. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's not who we are. That's not who we want to be. And I'd seen Danny, Danny as a player. Matter of fact, one of his roommates at five-star basketball camp. When he was a pretty good point guard, was a kid named Jeff Calhoun. Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, I know. I know. Jeff yeah, they both, bit, yeah, they both were the the, the Garfinkels at, uh, back in the day, and and and, and uh, but Danny's a Danny is a guy that, as I have said before, you know, had a right to have a chip on his shoulder. His dad is a Hall of Fame coach, and his brother's an All American. I'd like mm-hmm. to live up to that, and uh, you know, he, he in his own way, he's doing, he's done a terrific job there. But the, the program and, and, and fairness and, and, and really in admiration for him was perfect for him. 
If he had gone to some other programs, it wouldn't have been quite as good. They would have thought he yelled too much, to get on the officials, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know where he got that from. Probably got it from his dad and, and, and Mike, sure. <laughs> and, you know, through Bobby. And, uh, yeah. But my, my point being, it, you know, someone asked you what's the most important thing about a job. Do you fit the program? Yes. Are you what they want? Howie Dickman, one of my assistants, great guy, once said to me when I first got the job, and this is Aaron Funny, but he says to me, you know what you got to do, Jim? He had this action. You know what you got to do? Get thrown out of the first game. <laughs> Nobody, everybody thinks they'll get screwed in the Big East and, and no one stands up for UConn. You get thrown out, they're only going to stand up for them. Wow. Funny statement didn't mean that much. But to a guy, a guy like Howie Dickerman, who grew up in the state, was a great player at Central Connecticut, became a coach himself, just a wonderful guy. That was his. That was his. He, he, he coached with Dom, too, Tom Trailer, my, my, my predecessor. But interesting, right? When you're t- talking about fits. Well, no, and it, it was interesting. I was traveling a few weeks ago. I went to the UConn-Kansas game, but before that, I went to Arkansas-Duke. And somebody asked me, you know, they, they said, oh, you know, how's things going in Connecticut? You know, obviously, sky high, national championship, whatever. And I said, it's not just that UConn is winning. It's that, again, UConn has to win a certain – they don't have to, but you, you win a certain way. The style fits the school. And, you know, Dan, I think like you, I think like a lot of people from Connecticut, I, I told a buddy down in Arkansas, I said, people in Connecticut have a chip on their shoulder, halfway between New York, halfway between Boston. You know, you got Joe Rogan on his podcast saying all all Connecticut is is an interstate that you drive through <laughs> to get from New York to Boston. It's like, screw you. No, we're coming and we're throwing elbows and we're, you know, there's going to be blood and it's going to get ugly. Do you um do you see a little of Dan like I've noticed this with with Dan and I don't know Coach Hurley so I don't want to speak for him but it feels like now now that he's got that banner he's got a little of that Calhoun swag coming out of him like I, you know the other night he's talking about Tristan Newton and you guys need to respect this player he's an All American and we used to value champions and da 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 da. And it feels like, and obviously when you win, you can, you know, be a little bit, you know, more yourself, I guess. I don't know. Maybe that's not the right, right way to say it, but it feels like he's more comfortable in, in his ability to kind of, Hey, this is who I am. I've proven it can work. Now you take it or leave it. We're the Huskies way ain't going nowhere, basically. Yeah. Well, I, I think he always was like that a little bit. You know, he wasn't, as he says himself, Percy, you know, uh, uh, my dad, my hero, my life, uh, Merch Marine Academy graduate was a light heavyweight champ sure. uh, of the Merch Marines and an engineer. And, 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 but my point is, he used to say, like, when people don't understand athletics sometimes, as a boxer, you go in for three minutes, try to beat the hell out of the guy, mm-hmm. take a minute off, and you do that for 10, 12 rounds. And then you hug him. Mm-hmm. But there's no hugging in between rounds. Sure. There's no hugging in the midst of it. And I always truly believe that. I never felt that personally. I was misconstrued. I have a theory about how you get perceived in life. It okay. comes from Alexander Hamilton. Okay. When after Alexander Hamilton was shot, and his wife is talking about him, she has a great saying. And this kind of gets to Danny, me, or anybody else. You're making uh, some judgments about when you see them, but it all comes down to this: who lives, who dies, most importantly, who tells you the story. Right. Right. And that's the key. The key is that that I've been asked a few times, you know, like coach, but when they say Roy Williams, all the other coach, sometimes they include you in there, but sometimes not. And you did it at Northeastern and Connecticut. Whatever. It's not an ego thing. It's a, it, it's a thing. But but that's the real truth of the matter. You make choices in life. I made a choice. I wasn't 
I'm not, I wasn't exactly known as a self-promoter. I was a guy that fought for my kids, yep. coached in a certain way, married and made my kids, and they still are. I got off the phone yesterday with Rip Hamilton or whoever it may be, and that's kind of how I do it, you know. You know, if you want to talk to me after the fight, but 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 during those ten rounds, every three minutes we're going to go out pretty good. And I, I I I I I don't find that wrong because I don't have to please anybody. And this is where you get a little about more confidence in yourself. Uh, you, I, you don't have to please anybody except yourself. Don't don't try to get joy out of others. Get it out of what, what you're doing. Secondly, you got to obviously enjoy, uh, the university likes the direction you're going, and most importantly, the kids. The kids get a bite. And, you know, I always remember a, 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 a statement. It was by Griff Hamilton, matter of fact. We were on the road because we had this long road record of being winning 90% of our games on the road. He said, yeah, but we had coach when mm. we were on the road. And he was willing to take everybody on in the building. I know it's a funny expression. No, I believe it. But if he felt that way, we were going to have a better chance to win, by the way. And I think Danny has somewhat the same kind of backing in the sense that he truly believes in a family with quote two stars he was the he wasn't the odd man out by any sense of imagination but he certainly without question probably tried to prove himself like a lot of us do i lost my dad i had to be a father at 15 after i you know came home from college when i was 18 worked the whole story and i, and I just think there's something to that i don't think we're alike in a lot of ways but i think how we look at our, the game and how we look at coaching our team, there's a lot of similarities there. I, I mean, I like theater. I love golf. Danny doesn't want to hear anything about theater. Secondly, he, he thinks golf's a waste of time. <laughs> but yeah, approaching our job, I think we, we have similarities, yeah. Well, a couple of things. One, I don't know if you have a chip on your shoulder, but I know that I do whenever the Roy Williams are mentioned that this guy's and your name isn't in that short, short, short conversation. But it was funny because you mentioned how they approach things. And I was again, I was at the game at Kansas two weeks ago. UConn loses by I think four was the final score. And it was it was very interesting because I'm just I'm covering the game. And my thought is, hey, you lost by four to the number two, number three team in the country, one of the toughest buildings in America. First question, you know, Coach Hurley's asked is, you know, Coach, you know, we we know you don't want to get too high, too low after after, and he goes, no, 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 we're gonna get low. He goes, we're not used to losing around here, and we're not gonna accept losing around here. And I was like, that is like the UConn. That sounds like something you know you would have said back in the day. So anyway, I, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but but I see. No, I, I, but 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 I, but I I think as I said, I think we all have reasons sure. in life, you know. We ever know the, the the moments. This is not a great long philosophical discussion, but it will at least be shot and, and quit in the sense. Yeah. Life turned to the worst thing ever happened to me was to have someone tell me from a, I was coming home at fifteen from a Babe Ruth All Star game that you, you, your dad died. Mm-hmm. And I went home. The person that came down within a half an hour, my high school coach, and I truly started to believe that people like my high school coach and other people in my life they're there to help you. They're there to do certain things. And yeah, and when you work two years as stone cutter, getting up at five in the morning, and then they made sure I got back to school and worked out okay. My, 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 but I think, you know, the point of I mean, yeah. what made me in many ways take on responsibility, like after my dad died, first thing I told my mother, I'll take care of you. 
I'm 15 and a half years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what, what abilities in, in, in a family of seven. Wow. And, and, and I think they're very simple. I'm not, I don't want sympathy. It, it was the worst day of my life. Mm-hmm. It also was something because he had taught me so much about mm-hmm. going around the world, about losing his first wife and childbirth and other things in our family. And he was my hero and he's a special guy. But I, I just think things happen in life. Danny didn't necessarily ask to be born with brother who's an All-American sure. or a Hall of Fame father. And then he went into that business. Sure, 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 sure. You know, he went into the same shoe business. He sold the shoes like his, my yeah. point being. And, and you know what? That's taking a load on if you want to be yourself. And the load he's taking on is becoming Danny Hurley. Very good. Um, I, I got a lot of different questions about your time, your era, but really quick, I know something you're really passionate about is the kind of the state of college sports. I mean, we mentioned you being around UConn. Uh, you know, you have former players, Steve Peichel's coaching at Rutgers. I, I don't want to, like you said, it, we don't need to turn this into a two-hour conversation, but how, you know, the games are still great. You know, Fog Allen's great. Gamble Pavilion's great, et cetera. How concerned are you just about the state of things? Because, again, I know it's something you're pretty passionate about. Yeah, I'm, I'm passionate about sports. I mean, I probably – the thing I'm really passionate about – a little different. I love college basketball, obviously. I like pro basketball. I like it when one of my kids are playing. Yeah. Uh, I love college football. And right now, talking about who's going to get what quarterback yeah. and how much they're going to pay. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's name, image, and likeness. No, they're going to pay to get players. Sure. Where eventually is that going to lead? I had a guy who was very helpful to me when I first came. And, <laughs> and he owned a, a copper metal place. with dirty... Ray Allen, I gave all the guys who worked for him. He paid him like eight bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. He probably paid him two more hours. Carefully, and say, well, the college guy, I should have paid them 20 more hours for overtime. Regardless, today's the day. But the idea that those guys worked on a Saturday morning, yep. okay, off season, make a few bucks, get dirty, was a great thing. Sure. And, and, and I just think those type of things, having to work, I tell a story that I, I ate 38 one night when I was a college player at AIC, and you know, I was a pretty good player, enough to get looked at by the Celtics. So I didn't make it because Bill, Bill Russell kept this guy have a check, which I still don't know why. <laughs> with, with that said, with that said, you know, you don't need bad things to happen to your life or tragic things, but you do need things in your life that, 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 that without you knowing it, are motivating you. I will bet you Danny Hurley didn't know all the time how motivated he was to have people in his family that weren't just succeeding, they were excelling. And, sure. uh, and I think that 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 that's that chip that you talked about, it was there. The chip on mine was because I, I hated the world and why would a, God, a just God take away a family's a father? Mm-hmm. And, and, and so there was that side of me fighting the world to get there and then realizing all the people, by the way, the most important thing now, to... Um, Help me, and I and I and you know, I once said about certain players. I, 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 I Mecca Oglethorpe didn't need me. He just needed to show up because sure. he. I, I called him the Af- African Prince. <laughs> you know, he would come out of Africa with this regal look. Three point nine seven student. He'll tell you, shouldn't have been nine seven. Should have been. Wow. He'll tell you who the professor was too. What I'm was certain. the A minus that he got? Uh oh, this is controversial. Some guy in in, in, in on his program. He did that in two and a half years, by the way. He was taking 21 hours at a time. Wow. But my point being, I, I guess I really, the Quran's the world and people 
that, that, that in some way maybe have been not the same as some of the situations. I, 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 that's why I love coaching college basketball. That's why I like making a difference, I guess, in my life because others have done the same for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which gets me to what I yeah. worry about now. You know, this kid making a million dollars. I got it. And he's going to play in the NBA, and that's great. But in some ways, really, you know, the night I got 38 points, which at that time broke our record, I was in afterwards washing the jocks when they really wore jocks and and, and, and uniforms of the team. Sure. Some guy who didn't even play. Did it make me anything or made me stronger? Sure. It made me stronger, you know, and and by the sense of, okay, that's going to be my group. And I'm going to take it my way and not worry about what others think, except those people I care about are responsible to. And that's my family, my basketball family, and the university I work at. Well, I think that's a small summation. I'm afraid that's going away. I'm afraid these deals and stuff. Trust funds for kids, $30,000, $40,000 for any year he's there. Wonderful. Sure. Because they're a big piece of the action. I got it. But, you know, the, the, the... the fight's worth something. The fight to get there for all of us is worth something that you'll have the rest of your life. Uh, and, and I'm not I'm saying I'm the only guy. I tell everybody this. Everybody has a story. My story sounds very tragic, and it was. But it also is the thing that made me much stronger than I might have been otherwise, taking responsibility on when I was a kid. Well, and, and the other thing, too, about, you know, everyone talks about NIL, but as a guy who's gotten to know a lot of your former players – I would venture to guess 99% of them were ready to leave after. If there had been a one-time transfer back then, you know, a lot of guys, you would, and those are guys, you know, that uh, I'm sure you talk to every day. Um, you know, I know we've talked about this before, but Karan Butler, you were part of his wedding. I mean, you know, you just go on and on down the list of, I think that's the concern too, is the NIL, this, that, the other thing. But it's also, you know, that one-time transfer, you leave two, three, four times, all of a sudden your eligibility's out, you don't have a degree, you can't go, you know, it's just, there's just a lot of complicating things that I think the average person doesn't think about. Um, and I, whatever, like, but but the one-time transfer too, I just think about, again, talking to some of your former players of like, oh man, I, I didn't think I was going to make it. And now those are lifelong friends, allies, you know, people that I, I'm sure you're talking with every day. And when you think about this, Aaron, you think about that first year, particularly Ray Allen never started a game. Must have right. had a lousy coach, couldn't recognize talent. He was our <laughs> second. He was our second leading scorer, so it's a little bit of sure. <laughs> manipulation there. But 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 the idea that Ray had to even work harder. He's a yeah. guy that goes out to make two hundred million, makes a movie, and obviously he's an incredible representative of, of what we do at UConn. And, and 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 if you look retrospectively back. I'm coaching at Northeastern. We had three great years with a kid named God Ressa, so Reggie Lewis. Mm-hmm. What would have happened to him halfway through his freshman year? Oh, somebody's, <laughs> yeah, somebody's and, calling and him. Yeah. Like a son to me. You know, and, and I think when, when you think of those stories, everybody says, oh, it's just, you know, it's, the world can't be just that crass. There's got to be feelings. There's got to be emotions. When I talk to my guys and, and, and they get together, we had this Calhoun Classic for 21 years and fortunate enough, put all that money into the uh, Calhoun cardiology. And, and my point being, but they'd come at night. You, the lies they told about me and not, probably <laughs> lies I told about them. Okay? Sure. But most of them, I, I, I can imagine somewhere that December, after, you know, the line I always say the first day, remember the guy that recruited you? He ain't here anymore. Sure. 
And you know what they all say? He was right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, I, I, but I, I do think that I worry about the loss of that. Yeah. Do I, I don't mind kids getting more additional money. It, it, it was so restricted before with the, you know, you could have bales, but, but not cream cheese. Now yeah, yeah. True. I mean, all the stupidity we all went through and now we want to, you know, give away. It's a funny thing to say this. Life has so only so many truly learning experiences. You've right. had them already in your life. We all have them. Why take away the, the, the meaningful ones? Sure. And, and I truly believe, and once again, said of a guy who, who loves his players, I know they don't recognize that every minute I'm with them, I understand all that. But think about taking away opportunities. I know they're talented, and that's wonderful. But, 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 but you know, when you evolve as a human being, there's got to be things along the way oh, yeah. that help change you, help you, reinforce with you. I, I think those things are support, And that's what I worry about, kind of the package. I'm not the kind of person that doesn't want the kids to get anything. No one's saying that at all. I just think we have to get some idea. You can't just go and be playing your seventh year, in my opinion. Okay. And, and you know, I always say, well, these kids graduate and then start collecting Social Security. I mean, I, I don't. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen. And, and then the idea of you and I both know that this is going to only escalate. You start hearing the million dollars a year, one, two million dollars for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, for a guy who loves nothing more, I mean, they all can't be this, but Army Navy game. Sure. It's everything. It's, it, 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 that's right about athletics. When I used to, uh, when UConn used to play UMass special. Holy Cross Boston College. You don't have to have even those teams, but the, the tradition, the, the feel, having rivalries. Uh, you guys, I built a rivalry in, in six months that you're here. Sure. And I, I, and I worry about the sport because I love I love the games. Real quick, you mentioned um, you mentioned uh, you know the, the guy that recruited you isn't the same. I mean, we gotta we gotta hear some recruiting stories. I it, it's amazing. I was watching the North North Arizona game, Northern Arizona game, UConn's opener. You're at the desk with Donnie Marshall and you're recounting minute by minute the visit to his house. Uh, what was like a, a Ray Allen? Because he was a South Carolina kid, um, you know, I think believe a military family. And I'm sure the the conversation in the household was a lot different, like you said, than once he got to campus. Well, first thing, I had a basketball tie, um, a Jimmy V tie, and all basketball. It attracted him right away that I love basketball. We were a basketball tie. Hey, oh, let me tell you the story. A basketball this tie. Is, That's what yeah, caught Ray all like little characters of basketball. You know? Wow. Okay. But generic. But it was Jimmy V. Because I was helping at that time. Sure. With Jimmy V, who was a good friend. But quickly, he went to Kentucky. And this is not against Rick at all, by the way. It's just the way it worked out. Yes. And Rick came in to the restaurant that he had there. Mm-hmm. Waved the recruits. And then went and had his meal as a normal human being would. I, in turn, had a restaurant here in Hartford for 20 years. Yep. I had Ray come, sat with him. Ray's joke is I probably would have served him um, <laughs> at that time until he started playing for me. And he said that's why I came to Connecticut, because I knew the coach would be there having lunch with me, as opposed to talking to the big hitters. I, and, and that was just a statement. It doesn't mean that Ray didn't like Rick. Rick is, sure. and I will say a thousand times, Rick and I probably aren't best friends. Okay. We had too many, much competition. Some, I, I, I'm sure he, like me, doesn't know sometimes why we don't like each other. <laughs> Most importantly, 
He's one of the best coaches who ever lived. He could, yeah. I mean, he could make any team into a good team. But with that said, there's an example. Sometimes you don't know what happens or doesn't happen, which would change mind. That left an impression in Ray Allen's mind about just the fact that Rick didn't spend the time at the restaurant. Rick was doing everything to get Ray Allen the best player in South Carolina at the time. So there's all kinds of stories about. Uh, <laughs> I first started at Northeastern a couple of times. I got stood up where kids didn't show up. Sure. After a while, that didn't happen. Yeah. But I always think of that, and I said to an assistant, "We're going to get so goddamn good, I'll never get stood up again." Sure. And and I just think some someone said, but it, it, it gets back to what we talked before philosophically about the fact of how, how hard you have to work. I think the other thing I did, Donnie talked about, I went to see, uh, when I went to Federal Way, Washington, Donnie was the number one soccer player in the country. Soccer, really? I didn't know that. Best soccer player in the, in the country. Six, six. Wow. He wanted to play basketball. And, but he always talks the story, all these other coaches came with their big cars. I came in a yellow taxi <laughs> by myself with no video. And wow. then I spent four or five hours with him. And because my job then was to convince his mom, who was a wonderful woman, um, that I was going to send her son back a man. And, and that, that's my responsibility. By, by the way, there is a video that shows up on my social media about once a year of Ray Allen talking about his visit to Kentucky and why he chose UConn. So that is a Coach Calhoun making something up uh, that it, it, from from Ray's, Ray's, Ray's mouth to, to you know whose ears. Uh, you could find that clip on social media. Wasn't there a story? Didn't it like Kevin? Because he was friends with Kevin Garnett in high school. Didn't Kevin Garnett visit with him or something? Or am I making that up? He committed that day too. We played NC State. Okay. An afternoon game, one o'clock, where he played great. Great with the freshman, he was like you know twenty six or something. After the game, this big, tall, gawky kid comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was at NC State. <laughs> comes in. Oh, that, great, great, great! I want to come. You what? He's a sophomore, <laughs> I think. I want to come. Field gun. Sign sealed. And now let's make sure we can deliver them. Yeah. That actually happened. That's crazy. I don't know if I I, I knew. Yeah, I, I think I, I knew the story that he had visited or something. But so Kevin Garnett was a very brief UConn commitment. Well, could have been. Hours. I don't even know what teams he would have played on, but you know, we might be talking about seven or eight right now. I mean, he probably would only stayed one year, but didn't you guys were pretty? I, I saw this too. You guys were pretty deep with Kevin Durant, right? De- Kevin Durant really liked you guys too. He, he met Rudy Gay, and they were like perfect to each other. How about those two wins? Whew. And uh, <laughs> don't forget Baltimore, that, that Rudy just this is about ready to retire, but Rudy put 19 years in the league and averaged mm. 17 and a half points a game. And one of the great kids of all time, by the way. One of the great athletes I've ever coached. But yeah, they were all set. They came on the visit and they were going to France together. Nike put in freshmen, three sophomores, and guys to be uh, seniors in high school for a team to France. Not that I had anything to do with it, but I did call my friends at Nike, make sure they, you know, <laughs> just trying to help the kids out to have a good time. Sure, and of so, course. Of course. Nice guy. And so, he said, last thing he said to, to, to Rudy was, we're going to be roommates. Wow. And when Rudy told me, I was very, I mean, you, you have to be pretty out of it not to understand to have those two guys in the wings. Mm. Wouldn't be many rebounds a shot blocked and you would be blocking their shots. That would be pretty special to have those guys. Yeah, no, I... I but, uh... but, but, but for every great turndown that you get, things happen. I remember that 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 we're recruiting the uh, Jennings kid, 
point guard a number of years ago. Brandon Jennings, yep. Brandon I know Jennings, this story. Yeah, but uh, He committed on the visit. I was mm-hmm. happy as heck. Then that Wednesday, he went to Vegas to visit. And I called him on the phone and said, I just want to look at someplace else. I'm, I'm definitely coming still. I turned to Dave Lato, my assistant, and said, Dave, doesn't that little kid from New York, the, the, the Walker kid, he, doesn't he really like us? Of course, he loves us. I'm serious. From that phone call, within an hour, we're on our way to New York. I get halfway through the presentation with his part of his family, his big, big family, great people. He says, Coach, I want to come to, to Utah. That you're my dream school. So for those. That was Kemba Walker for back, people who missed that, by the way. That was Kemba Walker, yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry, yeah. Yeah. No, uh, but but Kemba Walker was a, a special person, too. But he made his mind up. By the way, I, 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 I used to call him the uh, the Velvet Sword. You, you feel the Velvet it, 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 and smiling, and it's got the great yeah. smile. Yeah, but then you get stuck with it, and, <laughs> and it's a real sword. That's who he was. One of the great kids of all time. And terrific by artists. I, I was going to say, maybe I'm crazy, but watching your teams for all those years, it felt like you had a, I'm sure you have a connection with all your players. I'm not saying it, but felt like there was a special connection. I don't know if it was because he was small, because he was tough, because he was fearless what it was, but it felt like you and him had a, had a special deal there. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but. No, you're not, because he had a great family. My mom and dad, great people. I mean, like the best. Yet, he comes all the way from Rice High School in New York and uh, wanted to come there. And then this guy, Jones, screaming at him. <laughs> he didn't start either. A.J. Price was the signing point guard that year. It's, it's good. But he, I tell you what, what made him, he, he's a smart, you know, he's a great, curious, wonderful person, one of the great smiles of all time. I tell you what he had, though. He, he always knew what he needed. That's a funny thing to say. But he did. And he, and he knew in his own way that he needed me to get him where he needed to be, like mm-hmm. he wasn't much of a shooter. I remember after his first year in the NBA, what are you going to do this summer? We talked about this. I said, what are they doing when they guard you in the NBA? He says, going on the screens. Shoot. Now, you know what you, now you know what your problem is. Mm-hmm. You can shoot a little bit of anything. But my point being, he knew always kind of what he needed. And we had an affinity, and still do to this day. It's not the guy who's going to call me every day. He's not going to be. But if I call Kimba, we pick up the conversation up if it could, six months ago or three weeks ago, because that's who Kimber is. But I, I, I've been blessed to have so many great kids. I, I really believe that. Did I put my time and effort into them? Of course I did. Every coach does and should. And, and, and maybe because some of the kids I get, you know, maybe don't have as strong a relationship with, with family members or a strong male person in life. Most kids do to some degree more and more today. But someone who just flatly cares about what's going to happen to me. And I truly believe that. And and I showed that emotion, we mentioned before, he should have been a national player of the year. Coach, does that bother you? In the grand scheme of things, no. I actually get up in the morning, I'm still okay. <laughs> but, but I think you know the point. He's one of mine. He's one of my guys. And, 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 and I'll be, you know, you don't need to recruit me for a year or a day. I recruit you for a lifetime. Hopefully they feel that way too. Well, and that's where we'll wrap is I was thinking about this, kind of bring the conversation full circle. 
you weren't, uh, you, you know, you weren't able to go to Houston this past March when UConn beat San Diego State. I know you spoke to the team. Um, you know, we we saw a lot of videos on social media, but I bring it up because being on the court, I was on the court, you know, uh, doing media stuff. But Ray Allen's there, Ameka's there, Karan's there, uh, Kemba. I didn't see. I saw him. I actually saw him at the after party, but neither here nor there. I mean, everything appropriate. Jeremy Lamb was there. Um, how proud are you that that those guys still Rudy Gay was there, by the way, um, Rip Hamilton, I thought I didn't mention him anyway. How proud are you of, that those guys still like, yeah, it had been seven, eight, whatever it was, nine years, I guess, since, since you kind of had been on that stage, but that they did all come, that they were all there, that they were all still wearing their UConn gear, even though they, they left somewhere between 10, 15, 20 years ago. How proud are you are about yeah, that? Yeah, and, 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 and Aaron, they keep going back to school. You know, I, I, I think for all of us, you know, the, the, the idea when I did say that, that I needed other people when my dad died. Mm-hmm. For a lot of these guys, they needed other people. And I, I truly have an obsession with that. There's no question I do. Okay. And I truly, and, and they, you know, they become my guys. And if you're my guys, you'd, you'd have to do an awful lot to leave this family. And sometimes we're like, oh, it's a little bit normal human being. But I love them, man. And I love what they've done. I tell people, um, <clears throat> one of the reasons that, that socially I, I think I'm pretty active in things is very simply the number of young guys broke their backs for me so that I could have the life and need the life that I did. Upon their backs, I was able to ride into a heck of a career and the great experience of everything in my life. Very good. Jim Calhoun, legend. Hall, does it bother you when people say stuff like that? Legend, Hall of Famer, or you just, and it just rolls off your, your back at this point? Uh, yeah, I, I don't. I, you know, I, I, all I think about is Coach Stewart. You know, John Wooden's famous statement, they call me Coach. Sure, of course. I always thought that the, the most dignified thing you could call a man if he did his job the way he's supposed to do his job is they call me coach and when they call me coach there's very few people in my life who don't call me coach yeah except for my wife and i'll give you one quick story <laughs> she says all the time she loves me after 56 years it's hard to imagine especially for most officials liking me after 56 minutes yeah. with that said because I, I i i like if people when we go to bed at night and says i i love going to bed with you in the sense of you know going to sleep and put but stop taking those 14 guys with you sure mentally yeah, because I might be halfway through something. She's looking, looking at sweetheart or something. I'll say, I can't believe that that that, that Rip can't play better defense. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Are you guys still? I mean, you used to be a big American Idol guy. What are you guys watching now? That I, I don't know if Idol's still on TV anymore. Is it? I, I guess it's still on TV. But I join. I, I'm 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 a, a member of the uh, Bushnell Theater here. Okay. So I do an awful lot of theater, O'Neill Theater. That's uh, where. Uh, Whole bunch of folks started down there, and that's a they they put on uh, uh, first run plays. So yeah, I, I'm fascinated by anybody who does anything wonderfully well. Sure. And to watch people get on the stage and sing or dance or whatever, I just saw Moulin Rouge, which is like a hundred different. It, it, it's crazy. The music. Everyone says that. Yeah, my point being though is that I I still find great joy in that. I read an awful lot of stuff, so. I told the reporters, be careful how you write, because I actually read your shit. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and actually, sometimes digest it, too. Even. No, I, I, I just think the spoken word, the, the, the ability to be able to you know, put the world in perspective, that's why, like, I, I, I think we, America's poetry, in my opinion, modern poetry, is music. 
Sure. The story time. Uh, and, and and my friends all tell me, I know, but CNW where it's at, country and western. Yeah, they, those stories are a little bit maybe different than, but 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 words. And that's why words do matter. And very simply, I'm very fortunate to hopefully uh, say a lot of words to a lot of the kids that I love. Jim Calhoun, uh, Coach Calhoun, uh, UConn, St. Joe's, Northeastern. Coach, we appreciate the time, man. We'll, we'll do this again soon. You know, I, I mean, like we were talking before, you get busier as the season goes, but I appreciate this. I know UConn fans, non-UConn fans will enjoy this. So thank you for the time. Thank you, Ron.